agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's raining, it's pouring, and the old man isn't snoring anymore because the old man is up and at him and getting after the morning chores here at Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Scott rolling up the barn alley with you this morning, and it is raining. It's 66 degrees here in Eau Claire, and this weather system is parked right on top of us and is expected to bring some more rain through the day, including, again, some possible stronger weather as the day progresses. We have a lot to do today. I stopped over at the Central Wisconsin State Fair at Marshfield yesterday. Talked with a few people there. Had a great time. Didn't eat too much either. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. But, hey, that weather's brought to you by Marquardt Motors. Your Marquardt Motors service department is open for your 5,000-mile scheduled maintenance visit with complimentary tire rotation, vehicle health check, and car wash. Schedule yours today at MarquardtMotors.com. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's it's 5.02 a.m. This is WAXX 104.5 FM radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Let's check the world in national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. More states are lowering their flags to honor the 13 service members killed in Afghanistan. 18 others were injured after two bombings outside the Kabul airport. President Biden called the soldiers heroes who were on a dangerous mission to save others and confirmed this won't stop the rescue flights. Former President Donald Trump calling it a very dangerous day for our country following the attacks in Kabul, Afghanistan. Well, it's so sad. It's probably from the standpoint of military tactics and and just uh, embarrassment, uh, the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to our country. We look like fools all over the world. In an interview with Fox News, Trump again harped on the Taliban taking American equipment after the withdrawal from the country. He again advocated the destruction of American air bases in Afghanistan upon our exit. The police officer who shot and killed a Capitol rioter on January the 6th has revealed himself. Brian Shook reports. Lieutenant Michael Byrd told NBC News he pulled the trigger as a last resort. Byrd said he hoped and prayed no one got through the doors he was keeping rioters from entering. The officer says he had to do what was needed to save the lives of himself, members of Congress, and his fellow officers. I'm Brian Shook. An anonymous donor wants to cover all funeral costs for 20 flood victims in Tennessee. The man went to funeral homes in Humphreys County to make that offer. That's where 17 inches of rain fell in less than 24 hours on Saturday, washing away homes in the town of Waverly. The flash flooding damaged other buildings, school buses, and took out roads and cell phone towers. A massive cleanup is underway as donations pour in from across the nation. And the new season of Dancing with the Stars is set to make history. Contestant Jojo Siwa will be the first matched with a same-sex partner. She's from the TV reality show Dance Moms and says she chose to hit the ballroom floor with a woman. The premiere is September the 20th. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Locally owned and operated, Furnish 123 in Eau Claire and Rice Lake. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection 
actions and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 
down 60 cents. Feeder cattle for August, 159.45, up 15 cents. September, 164.45, down 70 cents. October, 168.27, down a dollar. November, 169.65, down 87 cents. Lean hogs for October are at 87.90, down 85 cents. December, 81.40, down 56 cents. February, 83.22, down 47. And April, 84.75, down 20. First look at the dairy markets. Barrels of cheese ended the day yesterday at 147. That was up one and three quarters. 40-pound blocks down one at 175. And grade AA butter down a quarter at 170. On the Class Three milk futures, August is at 15.98, down 5. September, 17.07, down 29. October, 16.90, down 30. And November, 17.15, down 28. Those prices are down through June. In the field, change is one thing you can always count on. And yesterday's solutions might not work tomorrow. At Bremer Bank, our customers farm nearly 2 million acres. We've earned their business by helping them thrive and grow year after year. And we're ready to do the same for you. Let's see what we can do together. Find out more at bremer.com. The demands and long days of the harvest season are ahead. So now's the time to get the equipment you need to work more productively and harvest more savings, too. Visit Baraboo Implement during New Holland Harvest Days for more ways to work your best and save. You'll find great deals on select New Holland tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment, including 0% financing and cash back. Stop by Baraboo Implement in Rice Lake and St. Croix Falls today for details. But hurry, Harvest Days end September 13th, 2021. Way up north, north to Alaska. Way up north, north to Alaska. North to Alaska. Go north. Yes, Bob and his crew are on their way back. To Alaska. I believe their trip is wrapping up. And I'm not sure of the travel schedule, but they're on their way someplace. Anyway, we have one more report today, and then we'll have another one tomorrow morning hearing uh, from Bob and his crew in Alaska. Let's hear what he has to say today. We're getting close to the end, unfortunately, of our trip to Alaska. More folks with us are Bruce and Roxy Hobley from the Chippewa Falls area. Roxy, you've been here before, but uh, we've seen a few different things this time and done a few different things. Have you enjoyed them? Yes, I have. What about uh, all the trains and the boat rides and the different things we've seen? Yep, the boat ride was awesome but i stood in the back of the boat a lot <laughs> but i got to see the killer whales and and that the train ride was gorgeous and seeing all the different things on the train the glaciers and that is just beautiful here but some things never change the big flowers the big mountains the big state right everything is just beautiful here um yeah we we enjoyed everything so far why'd you decide you wanted to come back well well, our friends were here, and they never seen it, so it, they have to see it once. Did and you give them a primer coming to what they're going to see? Kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to go with you, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Bruce is also with us, and Bruce, you've commented all along that this was more than you expected to see. Yeah, I just can't believe the challenges people have up here, you know, just surviving it. You wonder how they can do it. I mean, the farming part of it, and 
you go up by the gold mines there too, you know, it's, you do, they're just trying to find gold and that's a challenge in itself. And, you know, the people to get their food up here and get something from the states is what amazes me how much it costs for them. It's a lot of money. Big country. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful though. <laughs> it really is. Uh, you're a hunter and fisher, would you like to come up here and hunt and fish? Yeah, I like, the moose would be a on the sea, but I, it'd be hard to get them out. <laughs> yeah, it really would. But do you enjoy it and got enough to eat and all that stuff? Uh, I eat plenty, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Good enough. Bruce and Roxy <laughs> Hobley from Chippewa Falls. Now, we talked earlier with Dale Swan, and Dale, of course, from uh, Chippewa County, too. And uh, Dale, you, you just keep mentioning uh, every day you're more amazed. Yeah, new adventure every day. And you look forward to something, and you think this is going to be, uh, you know, well, okay, it's just another train ride or something. The train ride yesterday was really spectacular, uh, and and the whole thing, the people you meet, the people you talk to, the the glaciers, the the beauty of the scenery, and the vastness just overwhelms me how much. And we, and you, when you look at a map, you look how far we came. We haven't really covered anything as far as how big this country is. Yeah, it really is, and this be, uh, we're in, talking here in Seward, not a bad area to come fishing. Yeah, we walked down, we got here in this little town of Seward, and it's really a fishing port more than anything, I think, but we walked down to the beaches and down on the rocks, and we got to see the guys snagging salmon, and then you see the salmon running under the bridge, and you couldn't count them all. Yeah. I mean, they're just, right now, you're really into a good salmon run, so, uh, and a lot of people are keeping them, they even say they're good, so. That was fun to see. I almost wanted to join him. I'm <laughs> <laughs> surprised you didn't, that's yeah. for sure. Look Bruce, what did you see? Well, that halibut when they were cleaning the fish, oh, I was because yeah. I've never seen it done, and I was amazed. Yeah. And how that girl cut, cut up the fish, it was unbelievable. Big 50-pound halibut took her about 30 seconds yeah. to a minute. Yeah, it was hard to believe. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of good fillets. All right, we're traveling through Alaska with the Hobley, Bruce and Roxy from Chippewa Falls, and once again, Dale Swan also from the Chippewa County area. Having a good time, and we've got more to do from Alaska. I'm Bob Bosold. Around here yesterday, we were taking bets on a contest between a grizzly bear and Bob Bosold, and the consensus among most was that Bob would be able to talk his way out of it with that grizzly bear, so we had to give it to Bob. We'll catch him tomorrow morning with another report from north to Alaska. Economy Furniture in Chippewa Falls is something that you've got to see. The biggest selection for miles around, two jam-packed floors of quality. At Economy, you don't have to wait for a sale. It can be yours immediately. Everyday low prices on the best brand names, and we finance it interest-free. Furnishing the Chippewa Valley since 1950. Economy Furnitures for me. Is fall your favorite season? Lowe's is definitely the place to get ready for it, especially during Labor Day. From fall garden gear to seasonal decor, they have it all at a great price. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter after five as we keep heading up the barn alley with the morning chores. And speaking of chores, I stopped by the Central Wisconsin State Fair over at Marshfield yesterday, which certainly wasn't a chore. But uh, while I was there, every time I turned around, I thought I saw old Jer Lang. And uh, he, of course, isn't with us anymore. And that was... Uh, kind of a, a sad thing to walk into the uh, Jer Lang Show Palace and during the dairy show and not have him there. But the other folks are taking over. I caught up with Tim Heeg, 
who was the uh, superintendent of the dairy show yesterday, and uh, chatted with him about that a little bit. We're standing in the Jer Lang Show Palace during the dairy show of the Central Wisconsin State Fair. I'm with Tim Haig, who's one of the managers here at the dairy show, and we have to say, it's kind of odd standing in the Jer Lang building without seeing Jer Lang's face standing out there someplace. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, I've I've grown up with Jerry and and uh, showed with him back in the day. He was superintendent here. Um, back before I started showing, you know, 30 years ago, and uh, and and I I was in his first crew, I think it was down at State Fair, uh, and that was about 28, 29 years ago, uh, and you know he's been he's been the leader down at State Fair for us ever since. Um, so it's it's kind of a I guess a humbling kind of a thing uh, to take over the job from him here, and certainly not under the circumstances I would have ever wanted to, but. Um, you know, as they always say, the show must go on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been going good. The kids are, kids are doing well. They had a really nice, uh, the other night, they had a really nice tribute to Jer, uh, at, uh, our Dress a Cow event, which was just, it was awesome. Uh, we had a lot of kids participate in it, uh, this year. It, uh, participation was up and, and it was all a tribute to Jerry. And, uh, so that was, that was really cool. It was, it was neat to see that and, and to kind of sit back and watch that part, uh, as, as just kind of remembrance and talking to people in the stands, you know, that have known him forever and worked with him in this way in different ways and, and, you know, kind of reminiscing and sharing our old, our old stories about Jer. You said the show must go on. Yeah. And something in me tells me that's exactly how Jerry would make sure that things were going. Yes, yes. I, I'm I'm sure, you know, that's, that's you know, he he loved, you know, this building. He loved the fair, and uh, but more so he loved the kids, you know, and, and them showing cattle and working with uh, dairy cattle out here. So, uh, having you know, having that ability to keep this going and, and uh, you know, hopefully we can forever, you know, keep this going and keep our fair uh, such a strong fair as it has been and it's, it currently still is. Thanks for visiting with me, Tim. Yeah, thanks. That's Tim Haig, who's heading the dairy show at the Central Wisconsin State Fair at Marshfield. I'm Scott Schultz. Marika Gudenthorpe is currently booking tours. Through the tour, you can go through the parlor observation area, the barn, cheese making, and delicious cheese sampling. And children five and under can tour for free. When you're done seeing how it's done and sampling its results, head to the store for 10% off merchandise of award-winning goudas, local wines, beer, sausage, and bread, plus a variety of Dutch items. And then enjoy a lovely meal at their Duchess Cafe. Self-guided tours are also available. Call for information at 715-669-5230 or sign up online at Marika Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About a year ago, we were wondering what was going to be coming down with the dairy industry and what was going to be happening with the price of milk in a big way because of, well, that coronavirus pandemic. Things have kind of organized themselves since then a little bit. This is Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And Pam, we have the latest update about what's going on with those milk prices and the industry. Yeah, actually, Scott, uh, a little bit of a surprise for the state of Wisconsin. In July, our milk production went up 
4.6%. Meanwhile, many of the states in the West continuing to battle wildfires, water shortages, and extreme heat. I had a chance to visit with Dr. Mark Stevenson with the Center for Dairy Profitability about all of these trends and discuss our July milk production. The other thing that you start noticing when you take a look at a state-by-state breakout is it's not just about California and Wisconsin anymore. We are seeing dairy kind of redistribute, if you will. Stevenson points out some of the biggest milk production increases in the month of July came from states in the center of the United States. I mean, take one of our nearby neighbors, South Dakota. My gosh, they're up 17%. I think they were up 14% last month. Um, They've been a state on fire, but... They've added some capacity to a few of the cheese plants out there along that I-29 corridor, and there are some of those farms that are just, um, you know, filling up the tank for uh, for those cheese plants. Well, like we said, and that basically points out another trend that we've got to pay attention to. The dairy-producing regions, as far as geography, are changing. Colorado coming on, as you pointed out, South Dakota, now a player. Kansas, another player with a 2.1% increase in July milk. Uh, is that because capacity is building there, Mark, or why is this happening? That's two things. I mean, you've got to have capacity. If you don't have capacity, you're not going to build, um, maybe with the exception of Michigan in the past decade. But Michigan finally had to build a plant to handle all the milk they've had in that region. Um, you've got to have good climate for the cows. You've got to have decent land to be able to grow good forages. Um, and cow comfort is an increasingly important thing. You know, in the southeast, this hot weather is really tough on high-producing cows. So um, the cows like the cooler and more northern states and climates better. And, and, you know, to the extent that we're able to handle that and not have conflicts with population centers for some of our bigger dairies that are going in, um, that's where we're seeing a lot of the growth. Now, what does this uh, bode as far as uh, milk price, consumption? Give me a sense, Mark, on what these numbers are telling you and what cautionary words our dairy producers have to keep in mind going into fourth quarter. Well, I'm going to say right now that these are kind of neutral numbers. I frankly expected that they would be a little tighter than this, would show a little less production uh, growth, which is up about 2.1% for the whole U.S., um, but the only reason we're able to tolerate that kind of growth in milk production is that we've had strong domestic demand, both you know at retail and with restaurants opening back up. It's a little nerve-wracking. You know, we've got a lot of this iffy stuff going on with the Delta version of, of COVID still um, a threat. And exports have been better than expected. Some of that is our other countries that are really in want of and in need of the product. And some of it is the fact that our major competitors, like the European Union, have been down in milk production. They've left a vacuum there, and and we're taking some more of that space right now with our increased production. uh, We've got a place to sell dairy products, but we couldn't take a very big pickup in demand. Or if this milk production just takes another surge and a big jump, we're in trouble. I mean, it's, it's more milk than I think the markets can handle right now. Well, and you note that we're still in uncertain territory on what the future holds as far as, uh, you know, mandates for masks and dining out. Uh, any, are you seeing any initial move on grocery store movement or restaurant orders, anything like that, Mark, that's starting to tip their hand? 
Well, our data is always a bit of a lag, right? Uh, but the last grocery store data that I saw um, is tailing off a little bit. But if you look at that compared to pre-pandemic levels, it's still well up. You know, we're compared to that big surge when we were still shut at home and buying a lot of our groceries um, from grocery store rather than eating out. So, um, you know, the uh, retail sales look reasonable. Uh, restaurant sales look good. Restaurant performance index is, is really high right now. But, again, that's coming off a low point last year. Um, and I, I do think that we're not in a bad shape, but we tolerate very much of a, of a problem if it comes to be that. And COVID still looks like a big deal. You know, I want to also focus in on what you alluded to earlier, feed costs. Uh, we're not to the winter just yet. I think there are a lot of farms in Wisconsin and outside of Wisconsin doing a very, very close monitoring of what they're going to have. How much of a tipping point is that going to be as far as fourth quarter milk production, Mark? That feed cost escalating, concern about water availability, what pastures, what are you hearing? Oh, I think that that could be a big deal. Um, we've got a lot of farms that are looking at their inventories right now of forage, and they're, they're putting in what they can. But, you know, this may be a point in time. We saw back in 2008 and nine, you know, when prices really went in the toilet, um, that we had farms not just here but in the West and other places where they had to go back in and take a look at every cow and ask whether she was pulling her weight. You know, was she producing enough milk for the feed that she's eating? Um, otherwise, we need to tell her. We had barns operating below capacity, not out of business, but below capacity. I think we're going to see some of that kind of decision-making again this year with these high feed costs. These feed costs, by the way, are almost back up at the 2012 level um, when you look at the value of the ration um, in dairy. So they're going to be uh, making producers look pretty closely, I think, at, at what they're spending. Now, here in Wisconsin, we inherently rely on feed that we've grown ourselves. Is that going to become a bigger issue for those Western-style dairies that only want land for the dairy? And what do you you think there? It's a bigger issue for Western-style dairies, no question about it. Um, But it's not the only issue. Um, You know, so, for example, if we're used to buying hay or even silage out of fields around here, that can get more expensive simply because there are other options for people to sell that product, you know, further west or, or elsewhere. Um, and, you know, we, we'll have to watch and see how the season evolves, but typically we're pricing uh, corn silage if you're buying it out of a field, you know, based on corn price. And corn price right now is fairly high, um, particularly corn futures. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we, we, we're going to have some more expensive feed everywhere, but it's going to take a bigger bite, I think, on, on Western-style dairies um, in the western part of the country. And what do you think about our ag lenders, their tolerance of, uh, obviously, more milk in uh, the bulk tank, but those escalated operating costs, are you getting a sense on their tolerance? Well, I haven't talked with um, bankers uh, recently, but... Every time we get into this kind of situation, you begin to be more cautious and you look forward. Most of our bankers have been very careful. You know, we've, we've been trying to work with producers because no banker that I know of wants to lend a dairy farm their last dollar. Um, you know, they want to make sure there's a little bit of cushion in there for folks to be able to handle the time periods like we're going through right now. Working capital has been 
fairly good for farms. Last year was a surprisingly good milk income year. Not necessarily milk price, although that was better than we've seen in some recent years, but some of the direct payments to dairy farms through CFAP program or even the dairy margin coverage program, if you bought up at the 950 level, gave pretty good incomes to dairy farmers. So it was the best year we've had uh, since 2014 from the standpoint of received for milk. Um, this year, we've got a few other things that may be going on in a positive way, but uh, you know, probably not going to be quite as good as they were last year. Right. What you're kind of getting at, I think, is the enhanced SNAP payments going to individuals, a little bit more money, only a couple, 32 bucks or so every month, but also the government announcing that they're stepping back in with more of their commodity purchase, correct? Some of that, too. Those are the Section 32 um, purchases. That's correct. And just uh, yesterday, was it? I think it was, Vilsack announced that they were going to be making more monies available for farms because of the distressed prices that we've seen in the past as a result of changes to federal milk marketing order system. In other words, I think they're going to take a backward look at how much did the average of impact milk prices to dairy farmers versus the higher of that we had before. And they're going to try to um, provide a payment to producers um, up to 5 million pounds of milk. So um, that's going to be a direct payment to some of our mid- to small-sized farms. Well, all farms, I guess, but smaller impact than large farms. And that really is a lean-in for Wisconsin-type dairy, correct? It is. I mean, it, it will tend to help a uh, dairy industry like ours a little bit. Would uh, you know, in a state that's got tendency toward larger farms. A state like Pennsylvania will also have you know, a greater impact there. All right, Dr. Mark Stevenson with his initial reaction to the July milk production figures. Again, Wisconsin, 4.6% higher this July compared to last July. And like Dr. Stevenson pointed out, a few more cows out there for sure. But definitely the genetics, the management that we've got in Wisconsin showing in those numbers. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Where has the Pioneer Audio Tour taken me today? I'm in Princeton, Illinois, at a field they call the Soybean Disease Nursery. Researchers here are actually encouraging the growth of diseases, like sudden death syndrome. That's because it's not enough to study a disease as it occurs naturally. There might be some years where conditions aren't right. So in this nursery and about two dozen more across the country, pioneer scientists induce disease. Here, that means making sure the ground is saturated. You can probably hear the irrigation system. Pioneer breeders and agronomists share data from this field to learn what varieties show greater resistance to disease. Because to achieve yield, you have to protect yield. The disease nursery in Princeton. Another thing that makes Pioneer, Pioneer. You'll hear more from me later. For now, let your local Pioneer sales representative hear from you. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 29 minutes before 6 o'clock as we turn the corner and head toward the milk house with the morning chores. Again, I was at the Central Wisconsin State Fair yesterday, and one of the interesting things there was seeing that uh, cow, uh, it's it's an, a lifelike cow that Mid-State Technical College has uh, for its students to show all different kinds of things that can happen. And uh, that Mid-State Technical College uh, Egg Department program really has been picking up. 
in good part under the leadership of Alex Lenved, who's the um, uh, dean of agriculture at Midstate and also the dean at the Midstate Marshfield campus. I asked her about some of the programming that they have going on right now at Midstate. Well, agriculture programs, we have multiple programs. I'm also the dean of the Marshfield campus, so I'm really excited to work with new things we have going on at the Marshfield campus, but also throughout the Midstate district with agriculture. You have quite a crew that you're putting together there with the staff, I know, and you have some uh, great tools that you've also been able to put together, and you're bringing a lot to the plate as as this semester gets going. Yes, absolutely. We have Millie, who is our cow simulator. That's a new addition to our to our toolkit. And with that, we're able to do healthy calving and AI classes for both in the classroom for our program students, as well as our, our producers who would like some continuing education. We don't always think about that right off the top of our head. There's been a long history at the technical college system, mid-state included, of course, mm-hmm. with some uh, great... Uh, non-traditional and on-the-farm educators, and you're still pushing that hard. Yes, absolutely. We have our Emerging Trends course that offers continuing um, continuing education, essentially, for our producers that would like some more information on financial readiness and risk management and, and all of the things that, that we offer throughout the state. But we also offer programming for those interested in associate and technical diplomas. We actually have a brand new technical diploma in agronomy technician that we're launching this fall. So we're really excited to meet the needs of our employers by offering that embedded technical diploma and like so many technical college system schools you're not trapped into one small campus you get around Absolutely. So uh, with the addition of agronomy, we've expanded our offerings to the Stevens Point and Adams. And with that Emerging Trends course that I mentioned, uh, we are offering programming for agriculture at all four campus locations. So Stevens Point, Adams, Marshfield, and Wisconsin Rapids. That's good stuff to hear. We need that egg education out there, don't we? Yes, we do, and we, we need agriculture every day. It touches our, our lives and our hearts every day, so we're happy and proud to be able to offer that programming. It touches my stomach, too. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right, we're at the Central Wisconsin State Fair in Marshfield at the Mid-State Technical College booth. I'm Scott Schultz. Thank you for that, Alex, and if you get the chance and you're in the Marshfield area, stop over and see the folks there. Millie, the cow simulator, is really interesting, and I'm not sure of the schedule, but I know they're having a calving demonstration off and on with that uh, cow simulator. And tomorrow at the Central Wisconsin State Fair, uh, you have the big guys there, the draft horse show coming up Saturday and Sunday. And uh, I'm going to check in here with uh, uh, Skywarn 13 to see if they're going to be getting rained on for that draft horse show. How's it looking? Uh, when is it? Tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, tomorrow looks okay. Sunday, actually, not too bad either. Uh, if it was today, it would be a washout. And yep. we've got that steady rain here at the station picked up just over an inch and a half since it started yesterday evening. So pretty solid area of rain. From uh, just north of Eau Claire all the way down toward La Crosse. Areas to the north haven't seen as much once you get north of Bloomer. But pretty solid area of rain. It's going to be pretty steady this morning. The good news, I guess, if there is any good news out of this, it should become a little bit more scattered in the afternoon. It won't be as steady as what we're seeing this morning. But still have chances of some showers and storms. 
this afternoon and also tonight. And some of these storms that fire up could produce some large hail and damaging winds as they move on through. But then I think we're going to get in the warm sector of the storm. And it's just going to be very warm and humid with some sunshine returning tomorrow. 77 today, the rounds of showers and storms becoming more scattered this afternoon. But we'll see some more occasional showers and thunderstorms tonight. 68, I think a lot of this will clear out tomorrow. We'll look at partly sunny skies. going to be very warm and humid. There will be a chance for late-day showers and storms, but once again, during the uh, daylight hours, it should be dry for the most part. 88, though, tomorrow. Maybe a morning shower lingering on Sunday, otherwise partly sunny, not quite as warm as we get up to 80. Right now in Eau Claire, we have the uh, steady rain, 67 degrees. I'm Scott Warren, 13 meteorologist Kelly Slifka. Thanks, Kelly. And boy, don't you just want to jump up in that sky and push that weather north you know, I for just, that fire situation I, up in uh uh, in the uh, Boundary Water area. And the good news is it looks like it, this whole thing is going to shift to the north tonight and tomorrow. So they'll be getting the rain tomorrow up there. That is the good news. And they can see a couple inches, so that's good news. Up oh, that's good stuff. Thanks, Kelly. We'll catch you Monday. Sounds good. That's Kelly Slifko over at Skywarren 13. That's Skywarren 13 weather brought to you by Marcourt Motors. Marcourt Motors is hiring an experienced automotive technician. And Marcourt Motors is a family-owned and oriented full-service automotive dealership offering competitive pay and a full benefit package apply today at marcourtmotors.com or in person and brought to you by chippewa valley bean of menominee as the summer ends and we get ready to get the combines into the fields chippewa valley bean would like to wish everyone a safe and productive harvest chippewa valley bean is looking for partners to grow kidney beans in 2022 and as you bring in this year's crop consider the benefits of adding kidney beans to your rotation kidney beans add versatility fit nitrogen harvest early for a good cover crop and provide a great return in comparison to corn and soy if you want to talk about what chippewa valley bean can do for you give our agronomist joshua a call at 715-570-3540 or find us on the web at cvbean.com. That's cvbean.com. Smith Brothers Meats in Colby is home to Traeger pellet grills that you can use all year round. You can grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue your way to amazing flavors. They have everything you need to make a delicious meal for your family and friends. Smith Brothers Meats in Colby features the largest selection of fresh meats and cheeses in the area. Rely on Smith Brothers to give you top quality service and the best cuts of meat with their full-service retail meat counter. If you want it, they have it. And more. Smith Brothers Meats and Colby. Just taste it. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Brent Wink from Alcivia Cooperative is in the barn at 5.38 a.m. We'll be talking with him in a little while. But first, let's get to the markets and check with the Equity Altoona barn and see what Jim Lindsay has to say over there. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar to a dollar twenty with a top of a dollar twenty six seventy five. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar to a dollar twenty. Yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar fourteen to a dollar nineteen with a top of a dollar twenty five. Choice Holstein steers a dollar to a dollar thirteen. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers ninety nine cents and down. Top twenty percent of cow cows sold from sixty to seventy one with a top of seventy four on an overnight cow. Sixty percent of the cows sold from forty to fifty nine. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from thirty nine and down. Cull bulls sold from seventy to ninety. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety five pound up Holstein bull calves sold from forty to one hundred and five dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from forty dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from one hundred to two hundred and twenty dollars per head. Our next pressure. Special feeder sale is today, August 27th, starting at noon. We are expecting around 250 head. There will be a lot of good mixture of beef and Holstein feeders here. The Holstein is primarily weighing from 350 to 600 pounds. 
All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to our upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page. Click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thank you, Jim. And we have right on cue Jerry Fitzgerald on over at the Stratford Equity Market. Jerry, is it raining and pouring and the old man snoring over at your place, or how's it going? Well, um, I guess uh, two out of three we'd have to ask. I don't know about the old man, but, <laughs> the uh, yeah, we're getting uh, a, not a real gully washer so far this morning. I don't know how much we got. I didn't go out and look yet, but it's uh, it's raining. Yeah, you're outside. You're going to get wet, but it's not, you know, a deluge. It's just a nice, steady little rain, and uh, not that we need any more, but at least when you get <clears throat> when it rains like this, at least it'll... <clears throat> Excuse me. Get a chance to soak in a little bit, anyway. So I, kind of looking at the radar, uh, like uh, your weather guy just said there, this could kind of sort of be an all-day event. So uh, yep. maybe the uh, third item you brought up there about the old man snoring, maybe that would be a good opportunity to take a little snooze after a while. You know. <laughs> I take every chance I can get, but I can't do that right now. We've got chores to do. Tell us what's going on at the market, Jerry. I will do that. Scott, thank you, and good morning, everyone. And this will be a summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start off with the uh, cow market this week. A mostly steady trend on the cows. Again, uh, better demand on the higher-yielding uh, utility-type cows. Uh, we're selling on the close yesterday from 63 to 74. The cows this week, uh, your average dairy cows, they're selling from 43 to 60. Ten cows, like carcass cows, below 42. On the bull trade this week, again, a mostly steady market on the bulls. Better quality bulls selling most from 80 to 95, with a top at 98.5. Lighter bulls below 80. Fed cattle also continue to be in good demand. Uh, again, the spread between the choice and the select cattle continues to be quite large. Choice grading cattle, choice grading Holstein steers are 95 to $1.18. High yielding choice and prime Holsteins, uh, most of those were sold on Wednesday from 118 to 127. And as I said, selecting uh, underfinished cattle, pretty good spread there, $90 and below. Kind of a two-way deal on the calves this week, a very strong market on the bull calves. All the calves on Monday, much, much lower yesterday on the calves. Uh, 130-pound Holstein bull calves on yesterday's auction were selling from 40 to 100. Again, a lot of those bull calves on Monday from... Uh, 120 to 165. So again, Monday seems to be the day to be selling the calves. Heifer calves are uh, also weak this week, uh, mostly from 20 to 40 on those heifer calves. Beef calves on the close yesterday, 130 to 260. Again, much stronger earlier in the week on those beef calves. A lot of those beef calves on Monday sale from 300 to 360. Well, we've closed out a marketing week here now. We'll look ahead to next week. Full full marketing schedule here at Equity Stratford next week, of course. Uh, our next hay sale will be next Tuesday. That will be 10 o'clock. And our next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday, September 1st already. So, again, uh, we do have a lot of information on our website. If you folks got some time today, take a look at that. Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page. And uh, if you got any questions, 715-687-4101. So that's all we have uh, for Friday morning, Scott, uh, you and Brad have a nice day. I know a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, hopefully nothing, not too much stuff gets rained out, but it's uh, sounds like it's going to be pretty good for tomorrow and Sunday, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens, I guess. But uh, folks, be careful, be safe, uh, and we'll check with you guys on Monday morning. Now, is uh, Mr. Bolsold going to be back next week? or? You no, know, sometime next week for a couple of days, I guess. He's going to stop in and 
give us the honor of being here for a minute or two? Well, you know how it is when you go when you go on vacation. You have to take a couple of days to rest up from your vacation. That's right. And when you're the star of the show, you get to do what you want. <laughs> well, whatever. Well, <laughs> you're manning her today, and uh, yep. and Scott to uh, get your roof fixed, so we <laughs> we can uh, so we'll be talking to you on Monday morning. All right, catch you then, Jerry. That's Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Market. Health and happiness for your family, your farm, and your cows are probably on your mind these days. Let Starblends feed your cows like they're their own. And the best way to ensure these ladies are taken care of is to evaluate what they're eating. And now is the perfect time to review your feeding plans. Starblends nutritionists will make sure your cows are getting the best feed possible because at Starblends, they feed your animals like they are their own. Call 608-269-1515 today for your free consultation or go to Starblends.com. That's Starblends. Blends.com. The Lax Farm Truck is on the road covering farm events like fairs, field days, meetings, and a lot more. And a big thank you to our sponsors riding with us, including McMillan Warner Mutual Insurance. For all your insurance needs for auto, home, farm, or commercial property, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Wisconsin farmers supporting Wisconsin agriculture. And Star Blends, a Wisconsin company manufacturing and delivering the highest quality feed at economical prices. Riding with us at Wax supporting agriculture is fall your favorite season lowe's is definitely the place to get ready for it especially during labor day from fall garden gear to seasonal decor they have it all at a great price wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report it's a quarter to six as we head toward the milk house with the morning chores we're going to be hitting Brent Wink here in a minute, or at least talking with him. We don't hit each other here. But uh, let's have a final look at the morning markets. On the um, elevator prices, country elevator prices, wheat and grain service at their Chippewa Falls and Connersville locations, corn is five ninety seven, and beans are twelve eighty nine. At Doomer's Grain Service and Buck Country Grain, corn is at five thirty three, and soybeans at thirteen eleven. At the Golden Plump Arcadia plant, uh, corn is at 524. At the Alcivia Elevators in Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, and Fall Creek, corn is at 575, and soybeans are at 1294. At Alcivia and Osseo, corn is at 587, and beans 1294. Stevens Point has soybeans at 1323. Elk Mound has corn at 590, and beans at 1294. Sparta has corn at 578 and beans at 1292. Ellsworth has corn at 480 and beans at 1294. At the ethanol plants, Boyceville has corn at 615. Stanley is at $6 even and New Richmond at 590. On the dairy side of things, barrels of cheese open the morning at 147. That's up one and three quarters. 40 pound blocks down one at 175 and grade double A butter down a quarter. At 170 on the class three milk futures, August is at 1598 down five. September 1707 down 29. October 1690 down 30. And November 1715 down 28. Those prices are down through June. Well, Brent's with us. We'll be talking with him in a minute.
Brought to you by Countryside Cooperative. Your Alcivia agronomist and precision specialist remind you that there are a few management practices that can be evaluated for use in maximizing your fertilizer investment as it relates to soil analysis and yield. Start by making sure you have current soil sample data, which includes a micronutrient analysis for some of the fields you sample. Consider sampling on two and a half or one acre grids to place nutrients where they will be most beneficial. Adopt variable rate seeding and variable rate nitrogen and sulfur application to maximize efficiency and save money on seed and fertilizer. Splitting applications of nitrogen and sulfur will improve efficiency of utilization. Consider growing hybrids that are efficient converters of nitrogen to yield. Contact your Alcivia agronomist and precision specialist to set up variable rate liming, fall and spring fertilizer applications, or to help you better understand the tools available to you. Go to Alcivia Sivia.com to find the location nearest you. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 12 minutes before 6 o'clock. In the, it was raining. It was pouring. And this old man might be snoring later on, but one old man, and he's not so old, is Brent Wink, who definitely isn't snoring because he's Sitting here with us. uh, Yeah, up at 4 o'clock this morning, a little drizzle all the way over, but uh, giddy up. Going to be a couple of days of rain, but some areas we actually did need it. It Yeah, drying some, some, but. Too bad we just couldn't uh, keep it over to the west a little ways for a while, or like we said, up north uh, to knock down some of those fires, even. Yeah, Boundary Waters really needs it, so hopefully that happens happens later today or tomorrow. I've been curious as this has all uh, been developing. We've had this uh, almost July so humid, hot weather with plenty of moisture. What's that doing to the beans and the corn uh, finale, yeah. fine, finale out there developing them? Yeah, absolutely. I'll kind of wrap up the week. We we actually we had a field day yesterday over at the Menominee Answer Plot. Alcivia had their... Um, mega plot event over there so we'd like to thank the Prochno family they're the hosts of that plot over there for many many years now and just the crops looked incredible over there again as they always do they've got the ability to make it rain with having their own pivot on that piece but uh, you know we're starting to see a little bit of white mold pop up in more and more spots in some of the soybeans especially where they've been maybe getting a little bit more of the rain uh Certainly not one of the worst years that we've seen for white mold, but it is starting to pop up more and more in some of the fields, certainly around Dunn County, uh, probably the the biggest area that I've seen that. But, you know, we're progressing along quite nicely on corn. Uh, earlier in the week, I was over in Minnesota, uh, west of the cities, and it was amazing that that area, they were right on the verge of some corn silage. You know, some of it was a little drought stress. Some of it was just that far along that... They were expecting to do corn silage here toward the end of the week. I'm sure this rain has kind of put a little bit of a damper in it. But as we looked at the stage of the of the corn over there at the plot yesterday, again, talking with some of the growers uh, from the area, a lot of them were expecting to be hitting corn silage in the next week to 10 days. So that's certainly a little bit on the earlier than normal side, you know, which would be expected on a year like this with all the heat and things that we've been having. But it's uh, progressing very, very nicely. Just uh, one one last thing I thought I'd highlight from yesterday. We had a lot of discussion around uh, corn rootworm 
And when we look at the insect feeding in our corn, we've got a lot of, over the last few years, we've probably, we've planted less traded corn. We've gone with more corn that didn't have below ground protection. That's maybe allowed the insect uh, levels to increase a little bit more. Another thing we're looking and we're seeing is is not taking care of the volunteer corn that's in soybeans. So this is giving those rootworms kind of a host in the, the year of soybeans when that rotation is supposed to be broke up and we're allowing that, that uh, insect to stay active in these fields. So we are seeing a little bit more uh, pressure with rootworm. Uh, DeKalb, they're coming out with a Smart Stacks Pro event. We should have some of that next year where it's going to be a third mode of action, a third way to control our uh, rootworm and corn. Kind of always have to try to stay ahead of the pests a little bit. It just, uh, you kind of always bet on the pests. They figure out a way to, to kind of get around it if we don't do our due diligence and trying to change the different modes of actions for controlling them. So, you know, we, we're just encouraging growers, if they are doing continuous corn, to maybe look at getting back to the fully traded uh, corn hybrids, maybe using insecticides again if the pressures are great enough, and certainly looking at some of these new technologies as we move forward. Um, so just a lot of good discussion yesterday. We had a lot of uh, a lot of great informative talks. Uh, looking forward to seeing the combines roll, getting the choppers rolling, and we'll get all that data into the hands of the agronomists at Alcivia for making those decisions on the farm this fall. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks uh, because, you know, the football season is here. And, yes. And I always smile about it because about the time the Packers start playing, those fields turn all kinds of green Packers, and yellow. Green, green and, yellow, and yellow, green and gold. We're, we're, we don't want to quite see the yellow yet, uh, yeah. the, but uh, definitely and corn the, silage season, uh, fourth crop haylage should be probably wrapping up next week when we see a break in the weather. So it's just kind of an exciting time, and I'm with you. Uh, probably too big of a Packer fan. Hopefully this isn't Rogers' last season, but if it is, we better enjoy it, I guess. And and really quickly, you said the fourth crop word, and that forage crop has been solid for us this it, year. It really has. Even in the areas where we didn't get a lot of rain, I'm just amazed at how well the alfalfa did do this year. Uh, the fourth crop looks incredible in in. Uh, a lot of the areas, so hopefully we get the weather to get it put up. I like to see it put up by certainly the end of August or the first few days of September mm-hmm. so we can give that crop a chance to recharge the root system, get some regrowth on it before we go into winter. So hopefully we'll get that break in the weather and we'll get a chance to put up a, a beautiful, beautiful fourth crop. I'm not going to be able to do it right now, but I used to be able to uh, spit out the average first frost in our neck of the woods, and uh, do you do you know that off the top of your head? I th- it's way sooner than we think it should be. Yeah, I don't uh, don't recall that exactly. I think it might be the maybe the first week in October. Or yeah, something. it's it comes quickly. Yeah, well, yeah, let's, yeah. Let's hope it doesn't come earlier than exactly. Normal. Let's keep it away a little longer. That's my point. Next yep. next week we'll have to have that date. Absolutely, we'll find out what that is. <laughs> All right, thank you, Brent. You bet. That's, have a great weekend. You too. That's Brent Wink. Over at the Alcivia Cooperative with another great Alcivia, uh, Alcivia crop report is what we're going to say. Here we go. Economy Furniture in Chippewa Falls is something that you got to see. The biggest selection for miles around, two jam-packed floors, a 
finance it interest-free. Furnishing the Chippewa Valley since 1950. Economy Furniture's for me. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Wrapping up the morning chores, reaching for that milk house door and stepping in this morning at four minutes before six o'clock. Just a couple quick things that I want to note. Be sure to get over to that Central Wisconsin State Fair at Marshfield. That's a big one. And again, the big draft horse show is back tomorrow and Sunday. And don't forget, it's time for the Loyal Corn Festival, I'm sure. Some of my old classmates are going to be gathering on over there, doing some celebrating tonight and through the weekend. Spanky's Run tomorrow, one of my favorite all-time runs. Founded that about 25 years ago, and it's uh, the state road racing championship. And uh, registration is at 7.30 a.m., and uh, the runs start at 9.30, 5K and 10K. Get on over there and... uh, Say hey to Jimmy Gediman and the gang and tell them Scott sent you. And Sunday, the Big Corn Festival Parade. As I've been saying, the wheels of the buses are starting to go round and round, so let's get that in our heads as next week pops in with schools opening. Let's be careful out there, and please, let's be careful doing whatever chores you're doing out there today. Wax 104.5! 